Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real-life issues. Happy New Year! This is uh, should be January 1st when we're dropping this, so um, Happy New Year. Let me be one of the first people to, to wish you that. Yeah, 2023. Welcome 2023. Today our topic is teaching your kids about money. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Here I am. And our guests today are Steve and Holly Haug. Hi. Hello. We are excited today about this topic. Uh, would you just mind sharing your your ages, the ages of your children? I don't know. We didn't talk about who's going to share. Holly, go ahead. Carson is 19 and Colin is 17. Oh, so... Successful, successfully raise your kids, and they <laughs> never made any mistakes with their oh. money. So, <laughs> how long is this? Again? <laughs> Steve, uh, would you just? I think it'd be helpful just for our listeners to know what you do for a living, uh, just for some context here as well. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having us. Um, I'm a certified financial planner, and I'm in my 25th year of wow. helping people make good decisions with what God's entrusted to them. So. Yeah. Um, work with a lot of retirees, work with uh, a diverse group of clients, but love it. Love yeah. people, love helping people make good decisions about money. Yeah. You've helped us out. We, we've enjoyed your, in, enjoyed your help and uh, it's, been, it's been great. So thanks, thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, well, we do want to focus on biblical solutions with this podcast for parents. Um, so let's start with the first question. Does the Bible have anything to say about money? Wow, I love how you start with the softball <laughs> question. Well, you got to start That's somewhere. Helpful. Um, yeah, obviously the Lord's word has so much um, good to say about um, you know finances. Um, in fact, there's a book uh, that I love called "The Word on Finances" by Larry. It's Larry Burkett, where he basically goes through all the scriptures that talk about. Uh, money and possessions. And, oh, wow. and a lot of people would say next to love, money and possessions is probably the second most covered topic in the Bible. Mm. So if all scripture is given, it's inspiration, you know, by inspiration mm-hmm. of God, it's profitable. We have a book that tells us about uh, finances. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it starts with that God owns it all. Yeah. That mm. um, early on, you better decide that uh, we're the unquestionable stewards mm-hmm. with no ownership rights and that, that God truly does own it all. We're not taking any of it with us. Um, never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Yep. Yeah. Um, until a snotty friend of mine texted me a picture of a hearse <laughs> pulling a U-Haul. <laughs> um, but we, we honestly are not taking any of this with us. So we, we yeah. want to be a good steward manager of what God's entrusted to us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. And one thing that God has asked us to do is to tithe. So can we talk about the importance of tithing? And since this is a parenting podcast, how do we teach our kids about tithing? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think early on, more is caught than taught from kid, mm-hmm. for kids. So um, behavior they see versus just verbally talking about it. But even early on, like I know Dave Ramsey's got a... Uh, a little bank you can buy, and you don't need a bank. You could do this with jars, but you know, teaching early on that you're going to have some money that is for giving, some for living, and some for spending on fun things. And so, um, tithing is is super important, and not just tithing, but giving in general, sacrificial yeah. giving. Um, but I think our kids, um, 
again, are going to, they're going to replicate what they see. Mm-hmm. So the more we can talk to them and demonstrate and even let them participate. So back, remember with the old offering envelopes? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I loved those. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still kind of sad that, but I, I get the electronic, but um, we would always have our kids put that in. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, the idea of you bring your first fruits into the storehouse and, mm-hmm. and give back of those first fruits. And so creating a way still to keep them engaged in, mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. So maybe Holly can go with this one. Should I give my kids an allowance? We've talked about this a little bit and maybe even just talk a little bit about your experience and, and how you guys did that. Mm-hmm. We do not believe that you should give kids an allowance because I feel like they shouldn't be paid for doing chores that mm-hmm. are just expected of them to be mm-hmm. a part of your family. Yeah. So we always thought of different ways that they could earn money, mm-hmm. um, you know, outside of getting money from grandma and grandpa for, you know, certain things or whatever. But, you know, we would give them opportunities if you wanted to go above and beyond your normal household chores. Sure. So if you wanted to shovel the driveway or rake up leaves or, you know, do some special project, Mm -hmm. then you could earn some extra money. But as far as just a daily allowance, nope. Not not in the how. You know, and and I would say um, it's not a right or wrong. Yeah. You know, but understanding how it works. And so like we, our approach was to try to connect work with a paycheck, Yep, you know, uh, Second Thessalonians three ten says, "If you want to, if a man wants to eat, you need to work." Mm-hmm. And Second or Colossians uh, uh, three twenty three, you know, you we do our work heartily as unto the Lord, not unto men. So we we tried to connect um, getting that toy with doing something mm-hmm. versus just here's money because you're living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, not a right or wrong, just what we did in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, so what, do you have any ideas for some ways to teach kids about saving, spending, budgeting? You know, you kind of mentioned those three buckets uh, or jars or whatever. Yeah. No, we did lots of fun stuff. And I would say I give Holly a ton of credit on, you know, we're both pretty entrepreneurial, but I give her tons of credit on back when iPads were big. Like I remember, I'll just let you tell the story, honey. So the boys played soccer when they were little Mm -hmm. and each year there was a fundraiser and whoever sold the most either cookie dough or coupon booklets or whatever would win an iPad. Well, but you didn't really know how far or how the, um, you know, what the top number was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just gave them this goal at the beginning. I said, you know, we're going to win that iPad and let's do what we need to do to, you know, sell as much as we can. And so we went door to door and we sold coupon books and cookie dough. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, we didn't know how many we would need to sell to get the iPads. We didn't know how many other people were selling. <laughs> so we just went, you know, little hog wild and uh, lo and behold, three years in a row. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we were the top sellers. <laughs> and uh, then they were kind of like, okay, we need to switch this up a little bit. Now, if you're the top, s- the top three sellers, we'll do a drawing. Because <laughs> they're like, the hogs keep <laughs> winning. keep winning. <laughs> so that was um, really fun and but it was a great way to connect, 
you want this mm-hmm. iPad. It was a great way to connect it with work. And it was yeah. also a great yeah. way to connect them with going up and saying, hi, Mr. Leonard, my name's Carson. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. would you... And so I think people even respected, hey, these kids are out hustling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I made them do all the talking. Sure. Mm-hmm. You should. Mm-hmm. Which was just another way to um, lovingly parent them To versus um, another thing Holly used to say that I love, not to get off course here, but I remember when they were little and they, you know, Colin especially would be like, I want this. Mm-hmm. She would say, we do not have the money for that right now. It's not that we didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we don't have it for that right now. So let's make yeah. a plan. Mm-hmm. You want this? Um, here's a path. Here's here's how we can help you get that. There you go. Well, and also kids, if you go shopping with them at Target or somewhere, yep. you know, they want everything they oh, see. Yeah. Oh, and they're course. constantly asking, Can I have that? Ooh, can I have that? Can I have that? <laughs> and I would either ask or I'd, you know, give them an option. I'd say, Well, why don't you put it on your birthday wish list? Mm-hmm. Or if it was closer to Christmas, I'd say, You want to put that on your Christmas wish list? Then they'd be like, oh, well, I guess I don't want it that bad. <laughs> <laughs> or the other thing I would say was, it's not on sale and we don't have a coupon. Mm-hmm. So we can't get it today. Yes. <laughs> but maybe next time it'll be on sale and we'll have a coupon. <laughs> and basically what she was doing there was teaching them uh, delayed gratification. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, the Proverbs are so good. Like I've gone through with my boys and actually I need to challenge Carson again, you know, reading a proverb a day. But mm. the Proverbs are so good on on finances that the borrower's servant to the lender. You know, the the prudent man sees the danger and protects himself. The foolish mm-hmm. go on and punish for it. I, I totally jacked up that verse. Sorry, <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? The fool, yeah. you know. You could say, oh, I'm going to have it right now. I'm just going to yeah. buy, 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 buy. And what do most Americans buy with? Credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so delayed gratification is very much a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and living within your means. Mm-hmm. We've done similar thing. Our kids, you know, uh, do that. They ask for everything in the store. And they, we, I started saying, you know, I have their birthday money. Well, if you would like to use your, you know, that's not something that you need. Because we talk about mom mm-hmm. and dad will buy what you need. Yep. Yeah. But this is not something that you need. And if you want to spend your money, and one will often decide, well, it's not really worth giving up her money for that. And the other one wants to spend all of her money. And then she <laughs> has no money. Anytime she has it, and then she has no <laughs> money. And like, well, you're out of money. Yeah. <laughs> but that is oh, well. hard. And it's funny how some of them lean towards spending and some lean towards saving. Were your boys like that at all? Yeah. Carson was the saver and Colin is the spender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that can change over time, but yeah. um, sure. getting them to connect and think through those those decisions, I think, is good. Anything mm-hmm. you can do to get them thinking, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's okay as long as it's within their means. Again, we're saying, hey, now your money's gone, but I want that thing. Well, your money's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. You can save up for it. <laughs> yep, you start saving at the next birthday or Christmas or whatever. Something else I did when the boys were little, we lived really close to a Target, and it was kind of a on kind of a back road where a lot of people would just throw out cans out their window. Mm -hmm. So every time we walked to Target, we would pick up cans all along the way. (laughs) And I would say, you know, whatever money we get from the cans, you guys get to spend in the store. And even though it might have been 85 cents, Mm -hmm. to them, it felt like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it was just this big deal. And they were like so excited to every time they found a can and stuff. So just the value of... 
hey, you know, we're not only picking up trash, essentially, yep. but then you have a little something to spend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, so cool. you you mentioned a little bit about the using the Bible to teach about the dangers of debt and the importance of avoiding it as well and how how that's important. And you even talked about how a lot of Americans we we use debt and and credit and things as um a, a good thing i guess maybe some people say hey you got to have a good credit score and what what do you think about that how do we talk about that biblically um i know that this is a, a little more difficult question maybe but <laughs> well i think it's not a conversation just like just like sexual purity, yeah. it's multiple, multiple yeah. conversations. And like our boys went through, I taught um, a class with years ago, Mark Vance and I came up with this thing called Money in the Christian Life here. Mm-hmm. We taught that mm-hmm. for years. And then we've taught, I don't know, eight or nine financial pieces. So like my boys have gone through Financial Peace University. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously their dad's a financial planner, but we, we <laughs> talk about it. Um, and the Bible's so clear, you know, Proverbs 22, 2, the rich and the poor have a common bond. The Lord is the maker of them both. But mm-hmm. the prudent man, he does. He sees the danger and he provides himself. The naive go on or are punished for it. So using scripture and even all, as far as debt, staying in Proverbs 22 down to verse 7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. Nobody wants to be a slave. Yeah. So getting them to connect the dots of having margin in life and not, I think, is is something that as they go into adulthood, you know, e- even this topic of money with kids is so hard because you got the early toddler years, the teenage years, and then we're kind of going into those years where we're getting them into college. And yeah. so all those conversations, it's not a conversation, but multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, talking about the dangers of debt, but then what about swinging the other way? Are there, are there dangers to gaining wealth and having a lot of money that we need to prepare our kids for? Absolutely. And that's what I deal with, with a lot of my retirees, Alyssa, is, you know, they worry about, uh, I think Pastor Pat said, you're never happier than your most unhappy child. They're, Mm -hmm. they're worried about, okay, now I've hit the finish line. I've retired how do I make sure my kids are um, prepared to receive this inheritance to honor mm. the Lord? So there is. There's a danger on the other side, too, of of continuing to parent and have good conversations to get a good mm. worldview that ultimately, you know, you can only do like five things with money. You can either, you can live on it, you can invest it, you can pay debt, taxes, or give. Mm. Helping them find a proper order that if God owns it all, we're going to keep God in the center of this to hopefully spend less than we earn, avoid the uses of debt, have some margin, give generously. And again, I think a lot of this is is really taught. But there there is a huge danger, and people are very worried that, oh, my goodness, I'm going to ruin my kids with this money. Mm-hmm. Another thing I always say in my practice, too, is that um, kids are so different. So fair isn't always equal. Equal mm-hmm. isn't always fair. Oh yeah. You know we we uh, Holly I think would agree with us, but we, you know we love them equally, but we're going to treat them uniquely. Mm. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So and hopefully you know getting them to understand like they've seen me, um, they've learned a lot from both of us, but they've seen me work hard to grow a practice, um, and that's a great place to grow when you're broke is to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and and and, and bringing in James one, you know, that asking God for wisdom. Mm. When I think of finances too, that's probably the one of the key passages that comes to mind. I can't think of what verse that is. Is it one twelve? Mm-hmm. But early in James of you know you you uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, yeah. ask God. And I would say finances is one area that. Um, we need we need his wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. I thought pastors just knew every verse like off the top of there. It's verse five. I thought it was One earlier. Okay. I thought it was earlier than twelve, but I didn't want to say a number. So I knew it was really early in the in the chapter. No. No, that's really good. And the yeah, you said that the, the Proverbs full of wisdom, not only, you know, for financial things, sexual I mean, lots and lots of wisdom mm-hmm. there that can be gleaned I, for parents. I think that's a really good point too, because I mean, we think about wisdom with decisions, but I don't know that I always think about wisdom with money. And like, sometimes it feels like, well, the answer is just more money, (laughs) but it's really not. It's being wise with what God has already given us. No, and there's really a paradox of prosperity that, you know, some people think, uh, if I just had a little bit more, then I'll be happy, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though I do know some great quotes by Van Halen, which no one listening to this podcast probably knows Van Halen. <laughs> Money can't buy happiness, but it can buy the yacht that pulls right up next to it. Mm. Um, but we know that's not true. You know, right. look at our celebrity culture. Um, more doesn't equal happiness. Yeah. And that our happiness hopefully is rooted in our our eternal home, that we had a Savior who loved us. And n- never are we more like our Savior than when we give. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and you're not laying up treasures here on earth, but in heaven. That's mm-hmm. that's where true joy comes from. You could you could have the biggest house on the block and the nicest car and whatever, and you could be depressed and sad, and you don't have a relationship with God, nothing to look forward to beyond this life. Boy, yeah. That's, that's hopeless. A, that's a tough place mm-hmm. to be, and that's where a lot of these celebrities, like you said, find themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just when I get the third home, then I'll be happy. Well, no. Mm-hmm. And then you got three furnaces to take care of and three <laughs> yards. And so it is. It's a paradox of prosperity. And so, really, hopefully, we're teaching our kids some. Really, what we're talking about here is contentment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Lord help me to be um, content with what you've entrusted to me, mm-hmm. and help me to be a good steward of it. Yeah. Well, um, you kind of talked a, a little bit about this, but how can we? Uh, how can parents really help and prepare their kids to make smart financial decisions as they become teenagers and even young adults? You're kind of right in there right now. So Holly, why don't you take that one? So we believe that you should have your kids get a job. Yeah. You know, when Amen. Ooh, at controversy. least <laughs> when they're 14 or, you know, even if they're babysitting or, you know, something before that. But sure, yeah. what we've loved is when our boys are working and then, oh, they want to go see a movie and they want to buy tickets. You know, you can, you can say, well, how many hours would you have to work at Fairway or wherever to pay for your movie ticket? Yep. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, "Mm, I guess I don't have to go that bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they, they really decide their priorities if they know they have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I want a new Xbox. Okay, well, how many hours would you have to work at Fairway to make the money to earn one or to buy one? Oh, well, <laughs> maybe I don't need a new one. Yeah. <laughs> I think the old one will work just fine. <laughs> yeah. And then also something that we have done, which not everybody would agree with, but 
going to what he said earlier. Steve is rolling his eyes for those of you. This is an audio medium. <laughs> what Steve said earlier about, you know, the harder you work, the more you get paid. So we have actually incentivized them with money for good grades. Uh, hmm. So... Yeah, I'm willing to pay for performance. That sounds super vain, but we're in a world where basically you are on commission. Whether you like Mm -hmm. it or not, you're going to get paid based on the value you bring. To a company. To a company, to a ministry, to a... So helping them understand, not that that's their worth in Christ at all, right? Mm -hmm. but it is your worth and value. If you want to just um, take the easy path Mm -hmm. and... I don't want to call out any industry because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but you're you're going to get paid based on the value you bring. So um, mm. if you have the ability to incentivize them to get straight A's, I think that's something that's worthy to say, hey, 40 bucks a semester, whatever your number is, mm-hmm. mom and dad, we're in. Like, you know, we want to support your successes. Yeah. yeah, And it could be tiered. And I've done the same thing for both of our boys are good distance athletes, cross country and track. I've done the same thing for that. Like I've had some challenges out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while you didn't have allowances just for living, you know, like you're alive, here's an allowance. Um, there was maybe a, a roundabout way allowance for hard work, hard work, mm-hmm. good grades, um, above and beyond, you know, the, the expected chores, you know, maybe there's some additional chores that you can do if you would like to, but you know, they're not quote unquote expected to do those, but you can earn it. So yeah. Like after a storm. Okay. Who wants to make 30 bucks and pick up all the little sticks in the yard? Yeah. Yeah. You we know? have a lot of trees. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll come pick up sticks in your yard for 30 bucks. Yeah. Is it hard as your kids get older, um, you know, teenagers, young adults, as they begin to leave your home, as you have started to do, you don't have as much control over what they spend on. Do you, I mean, do you feel like you have prepared them well for that? Is that hard to let go? Well, Actually, Steve can look on his phone at any time and see what they've spent. <laughs> yeah, I would say. So pro tip to parents, keep yeah. an eye. Um, yeah, pro yeah. tip would be while you're paying for their iPhone, I think uh-huh. you can have Life360. I think you can have, and this is not a paid endorsement, so. Um, sure. But I, I'm a big fan of Capital One. They have a great app. All these kids have smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way to embrace technology, that having your checking tied mm-hmm. to that where they have a checking and savings. I'm big at having buckets or saving for things they know are coming, things mm-hmm. that like maybe a car someday, maybe a wedding ring someday, college. Um, and that's that's even different for every family too. What's your contribution to college going to be? Is it going to be nothing, something? Um, but I would say embrace technology because our kids are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's one way, Alyssa, I'm trying to stay in touch with yeah. my kids and help make good decisions. And they're going to make mistakes. I hope right. they're not going to listen to this so they won't hear this. But <laughs> I've got one uh, who is in Iowa City who has found a way to get a lot of parking tickets. <laughs> and it's led to some good conversations. And this is going to sound mean, Pastor, but I've told him, like, he had one Sunday, he got two on a Sunday. And I'm like, dude, this is not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Carson problem. <laughs> I, I think you're calling him to to be a man and grow up and take responsibility for his actions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
That's, I think that you yep. could probably back that up biblically. Jared had that problem once in a college town. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I well, learned, we are. I learned pretty quick when I started paying those tickets. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and ultimately, we, we are raising them to leave us, right? Yeah. Like yeah. We want to do our very best while we have them, but ultimately, they're the Lord's kids. And mm-hmm. so we even have to take our hands off a little bit and mm-hmm. say, God, these are your kids. And, yeah. and I would say, you know, the only experts I've ever met on parenting are people who don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> they know it true. all. They do. It's great. But even us on our knees to say, God, mm. just help us to do a great job mod- yeah. modeling yeah. behavior. Yeah. Speaking of mistakes, are there any common mistakes that maybe parents make? Mostly the vast majority of the people listening to this will be parents. As you, and maybe even some mistakes you have had or or something uh, along the way that you've noticed parents make mistakes when teaching their kids about money and maybe how can we avoid them? I feel like a lot of kids these days feel entitled. Mm-hmm. They don't understand frugalness or that, you know, they just take so much for granted. Yeah. So right now I'm teaching 10th grade English and you'd be shocked how many kids come in the door with a Starbucks. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just think, are they paying for it? It'd be and, great if they were. Yeah. <laughs> Probably and, not. You know, I mean, some of these kids have fancy cars. And I always think when a kid is learning how to drive, why wouldn't you give them an old car that it wouldn't really matter if it got dented or, you know, yeah. banged up a little bit. <laughs> this is where Colin would still love learning to, to drive. This is where Colin would love to interject how much he hates his 2002 <laughs> Tahoe with 300,000 miles, but it's, it's perfect for Keeps him. Keeps him humble. It's, it's perfect. perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of kids don't know how good they have it. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, even when it comes to buying certain foods, you know, mm-hmm. that they love. I mean, I, I love to point out, well, hey, you do realize your favorite cereal's Four dollars and fifty cents a box now, right? Yeah, you know? versus I mean, three dollars. Yeah. Or right. Whatever. So yeah. it might be a thing we only get once a month as a special treat. Yeah. Or, you know, just little things like that. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest mistakes made is um, the parents need to get financially healthy themselves first. Mm-hmm. You you you're gonna you're gonna minister out of the overflow of your heart. So you're you're not gonna drift into success with your kids if you're not healthy. Oh yeah, that's really so. Good. Most of us, most of us, like my mentor in the business was a guy named Jim Wolf, who used to be a pastor here actually years ago. But he would always talk about paradigms, this Greek word of, you know, a, a path, a map. And if you, you you got the wrong roadmap, your parents demonstrated a bad way, a lot of us get our money views from our parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that that can't be corrected, right. you know, with God's word, with godly counsel, with... Uh, what are we calling them now? Not I always mess this up. Jason's gonna hate it. Cell group, community group, community group. Mm-hmm. You community got it. Group. <laughs> it doesn't mean your paradigm can't be adjusted, and obviously the lens of God's word. But I think if the mom and dad aren't financially healthy first, yeah, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Not impossible, but it's hard. Yeah. yeah. So like I thank the Lord for my dad. In third grade, he put me on my bike in Payne, Illinois, Soybean City, Southern Illinois. And I had a paper route where I bought the papers, went around, collected from Mr. Leonard, and I learned so much yeah. from being a paper boy. Yeah. Of how to how to talk to people, how to ask for please give me the money you owe me. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's really. But good. he was intentional by yeah. 
making me get healthy. And so anyway, yeah. another little tip from when I was growing up, I, all of my siblings and I took piano lessons and we did not really like to practice. Mm. So my mom had a jar of quarters on the piano and she said, every time you practice for a half hour, you get a quarter. Oh, there you go. So, you know, if we yeah. really wanted to get a bunch of money, we could just keep on practicing. Practice. So, <laughs> yeah. Incentivizing. She was, she was probably already paying for the lessons, so you might as well exactly. pay an extra quarter. Well, make, make it worth your while worth for it. the lesson. And <laughs> right. You're not practicing. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. A lot of good ideas. So incentivizing your kids to do the right things. And work hard. And work hard and to pay them, but not way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like a quarter. Yeah. Like make it. Yeah, that's really good. Steve, you look like you got one more thing you wanted to add. No, I was, I mean, there's so many mistakes that we could spend our whole podcast on that <laughs> and dealing with people. But like most of my retirees, when they look back, I mean, most of them just want to retire with dignity. You know, they want to pay less in taxes, <laughs> but most do want to leave an inheritance. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I'm thinking about my boys, I guess I want to make sure that they're ready to receive that. And not that inheritance is just financial. That might be yeah. a godly legacy. That might be how we treat people. But, um, you know, I think getting healthy as a as a parent first is really important to mm-hmm. lead. Um, I'm, I'll mess up Abe's quote, but, you know, he has a quote, too, about, about leadership. And you, you can only lead out of what's in your heart, you mm-hmm. know, your overflow. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know what the quote is either. So but it, okay, <laughs> but it, if you're not healthy, it's really hard to lead a healthy kid. And and also most most parents like us, we want to educate our kids. And so I do think working with your kid on what are they going to pay for, maybe part scholarship, part is student loan, part mm-hmm. is you, but education's not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything we can do to get our kids prepared to go into that next phase of life of yeah. career and because even being a healthy giver, if you don't have any margin in your life, you didn't you didn't finish school, or um, it's hard to be a healthy giver here at Sailorville if you have no margin. Yeah, if you're living on a hundred percent, and then I'm going to ask you to give ten, you're like, oh my goodness, what do I give up? Yeah. So yeah. What is the quote we learned in when you were an intern in a long time ago? He said. I can't One remember. of our pastors. I was gonna, I was gonna go back and say you can't give out an empty cup because that's well, that's what we tell our youth leaders as far as filling up first with the word of God and knowing God's word well. You can't be ministering to students or parents. You can't be ministering to your kids or sharing Christ's love or sharing the gospel. You know, if you're not being filled daily with God's word. So, um, going back to the. Uh, was it a quote? It our was more pastor, of a story. Well, our pastor had said, I think it was, he said, he never met anyone in financial distress who was tithing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pastor Pat has yeah. talked about that, how he talked to, it was an older pastor early on in his ministry, and he said, yeah, I've never, any any couple that has come in, and one of their things they wanted to talk about for counseling was money, you know, or financial difficulties. Every time he asked them, have you been tithing? And the answer, 10 out of 10, is always no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, and not the saying, hey, start tithing, and all of a sudden all your financial issues go away. 
most people who are tithing are consciously thinking about where else that money is also going and really thinking through it. Um, so yeah, that is interesting. And I would say too, in my practice of serving lots of people who have been successful with money, most of my best, biggest retired clients, all of them have a cheerful heart in giving. Yeah. Um, you don't find that closed hand mentality, you know, and I think that is a spiritual gift. Not everybody has like pastor referenced. Um, one of my favorite speakers is a guy named John Reinhardt, who wrote the book, the gospel patrons. Like there are some people who we don't all have pastor Pat's ability mm-hmm. yeah. to teach the word, but maybe you are entrepreneurial and you can be the patron. You can be the person who yeah. helps push that forward. So at Cedarville, our, where we both got our undergrads, the first thing you had to do as a freshman is you had to take the spiritual life inventory. Mm-hmm. And there are some people I truly believe that God could not entrust a lot of wealth to because they mm-hmm. have a closed hand. Mm-hmm. And there are some that have the gift of giving. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, um, any other resources? I know you've mentioned a few here. Um, and if you think of some later, we can add them to the show notes as well. Any resources that you want to mention maybe to parents that are helpful? The Debt Snowball by Dave Ramsey. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good books. Like, I always thought my dad said, uh, readers are leaders. Mm-hmm. That was actually straight Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but he told me that a lot but of times. Said, your dad said it so much, you he thought it He said it, was it him. so <laughs> many times. I'm like, that is straight you know, Dick Haug, but that was uh, Abe Lincoln. But there's tons <laughs> of good books. And yeah, we can put some in the show notes. I mean, I would say, again, embracing technology. Capital One has a great app to save for kids where you can be involved, see how they're spending, have Apple Pay. Um, Mint.com is a great resource on budgeting. Every Dollar from Dave Ramsey's a really good app. Um, we do offer FPU here at our church. In fact, we need to do another class sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had my boys read several different small financial books. There's one that I really like called The Four Laws of Debt-Free Prosperity, which is very conversational, easy read. A guy is about ready to commit suicide, and his little old lady neighbor teaches him the four laws of debt-free prosperity. Mm. So getting your kids engaged in, and even your budget of, you know, for mom and dad, what are we going to what are we gonna spend for Christmas this year? What are we going to... Yeah. So resources, yeah, they're they're bountiful. I think the big thing is we would rather spend more time planning our next vacation than we would our finances. Yeah, (laughs) we'd rather rather plan our next uh, way that we're going to spend our money than (laughs) than saving up for it. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you once again. Thanks, listeners, for listening to this episode of our parenting podcast. Again, a special thanks to Stephen Holly. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been great. Um, again, we'll provide some further resources here related to today's topic in the show notes. Check those out for yourself and take advantage of those. And come back next month. We'll be tackling the topic of single parenting. And I'm really excited about our guests lined up for that. We got Becca Rodert and her daughter, Emily Rodert, is going to be joining us for that conversation. So once again, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.